You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, good morning to you beautiful people. How you doing? We had one thing on the docket, now there's two, which I guess is good. Talking about the draft, at least insofar as I was planning on, which is mostly just talking about how the, uh, the big board has shuffled, it's really interesting the more concentrated it is. Meaning, the shorter it is, the more interesting, the more you drag it out, it, you know. But the other big item, obviously, is Devin Funches, who is now a Green Bay Packer. I know I should have done an Instagram video, but I didn't. I was at home, and, uh, you know, my only real options would be to try to do one at home, which would be loud and crazy, and then my wife would be mad at me for doing a video in the house when the house wasn't clean. So my only real option would be to go outside and do it and talk to myself like a crazy person, which is always kind of weird. Because these are your neighbors, and they kind of know you. At least they see you, and then they're like, oh, he is crazy. I kind of I kind of figured a little bit. This whole lockdown thing has him just, he just snapped. He's walking, literally just walking around the block, screaming about Devin Funches. I, you know, I don't know. Honey, honey, get the kids inside. Yeah, Ryan's out there. He, I don't know, I don't know. I'd bring him in now. Lock lock it. Yeah. Yeah, just lock it. Deadbolt too. Yep. No, we don't need to call the the, the cops. It's just let's just wait it out. That's that's in my head. That's what was going to happen and I just figured it was already kind of late. Let's just we'll just talk about it tomorrow. And I I got to be honest, Google just gave me an absolute heart attack. You ever get like chills so intense that your your eyes water? Also, I'm just crying a little bit. So I wanted to see if there was an update on his contract because I didn't see anything as of yesterday. I figured, oh, let's just try to pull it up, see if we got an answer on that yet. And Google is really good at finding articles and then picking information out of that article. I'm actually really impressed by their ability to do this, although it's completely flawed. The title of the article is Green Bay to sign wide receiver Devin Funches. But then at the top, it said $10 million. <laughs> you know, it just gives like a number at the top now when you search stuff on Google. However, it's an article about the Packers signing Devin Funches, and Google just pulled out the part where it says the Colts side signed Devin Funches to a one-year $10 million contract. But if you Google right now <laughs> Devin Funches Packers or whatever, or Devin Funches contract, there's an article about him going to the Green Bay Packers, and it just says $10 million. I, I almost, I would, I had just canceled the show, because I, I would have needed some time. But it's not, in fact, a one-year $10 million deal, at least not to my knowledge at this point. They actually gave him a one-year $10 million deal? That's crazy. But anyways, I, I want to talk about that a little bit. I'm sure for the most part you've already seen most opinions and have probably formed your own. But it's my podcast, so I'll give you mine. It's also good to not do immediate videos because I'm significantly more upset when I first do videos. And then I sort of calm down a little bit. So, not as upset at this moment, as I was when I heard that the Packers were signing Devin Funches, followed immediately, within like three minutes, with the news that Prashad Perriman was going to the Jets, which, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, I guarantee you is not a coincidence. These were negotiations going down, and um, 
essentially the Bashad Perriman and Green Bay Packers, the, the, the talks just broke down. I guess we don't need to talk about it in a little bit. This, this is what this is what must have happened. That or uh, Perriman just said, I'm going to the Jets, and the Packers got on the phone immediately and said, Devin, let's do this. No doubt in my mind something to that effect happened. Or, again, the Packers decided to go Funchess, and then Perriman's like, gull darn it, and then just said, all right, told the Jets, let's do this. Because technically Funchess was first, but it's just a matter of what news came out. It doesn't necessarily mean one happened before the other. But anyways, that was um, that was that was upsetting a little bit, a little bit upsetting. Anyways, if you have not yet done so, make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. If you wouldn't l- mind leaving a five-star iTunes review or Stitcher or wherever else you can find a way to leave a review, following the show on uh, Spotify would also be greatly appreciated. And if you really want to win my heart. You could always jump over on patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy and support the show for as little as a buck a month. And as I've always said, for most people, that dollar means a lot more to me than it does to you. If you're wondering why, it's not because I'm more important than you. It's because there's thousands of people listening. And so just, you know, mathematically, one dollar from lots of listeners means more to me than one dollar out of your bank. You know, you get what I'm saying? Although I might be more important than you. I'm probably more important than you. I'm pretty important. I feel like if we were to rank people, you got your world leaders, not necessarily good, but important. You got Denzel Washington, Aaron Rodgers, Zadarius, Mark Wahlberg, and then probably somewhere around there would be would be me. I think, I probably, I don't know. It's hard to rank people, but I feel confident with my list. Anyways, why don't we take a break, and we'll look at this move that we should have seen coming followed by some NFL draft talk. You're listening to the Packernet Podcast. We'll be back in five. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. The good news for my neighbors in particular is that unless I see a pizza delivery man come to your house, I'm probably not coming in your windows. That doesn't mean you guys are safe, though. And pro- <laughs> so dumb. And, and protecting your family it is not a laughing matter. And that's why getting police response up to 350% faster when your burglar alarm goes off is important stuff. That's why you need to consider Simply Safe because they use real video evidence to show the police what is going on when somebody's messing around in your house. Not only do they have outdoor cameras and doorbell cameras to alert you to anyone just even approaching your house, but they got entry, motion, and glass break sensors. So no matter how somebody's trying to wiggle their way in, whether it's abruptly with a brick or down the chimney like Santa Claus, Simply Safe is going to know about it, they're going to tell the police about it, and they're going to be there fast. And outside of bad guys, you got fires, you got water damage, you got carbon monoxide, Simply Safe monitors all of that. And we're talking about just 50 cents a day no contract. This is high level security for basically no money. It's also super simple to set up. You can do it all by yourself with zero tools. Or if you just don't want to deal with it, because hey, I'm paying you. So why don't you head over to simplysafe.com slash overtime. You're gonna get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got absolutely nothing to lose. Go now. 
And be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash overtime so they know that you came from my show. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime. All righty, Devin the McMasterson Funches rocking it, just setting the old world on fire. And I got to be honest, this is the most unanimous, not a fan move I've seen in a long Christian Kirksey got more love than Devin Funches. I mean, just in terms of ability to be a starting caliber player, I would put Funches closer to the Rick Wagner um, end of the spectrum than I would the Christian Kirksey thing. But this is just a unanimous don't like. And I think the biggest reason is because we all know skilled people, right? Most of us play fantasy football. Most of us see the stats and everything else. So when you see a linebacker, nobody knows. So everyone just goes, oh, sweet, we got a guy. And then somebody tells you a couple good statistics, and everyone freaks out like, dude, he's going to be a freak. It's going to be great because nobody knows. Nobody watches linebackers. Who cares about linebackers? Nobody knows who Christian Kirksey is, so we allow ourselves to be lied to and believe that he's a great football player. Devin Funches, we already know. Same with Rick Wagner, by the way. I, who knows? Nobody knows. Unless you got a Lions fan friend, and, and most Lions fans like Rick Wagner. So no, nobody dislikes Rick Wagner. But Funches can't hide from that. Everybody knows who you are. We, we, we've probably drafted you at some point in our fantasy leagues, and not one person has ever been glad to make that decision. He's probably been traded for to uh, the dismay of the person who received them. But I will say, this is not... Again, if I were to rank this, I think I would probably say Wagner first, then Funches, and then drop it down quite a bit and say Kirksey. I hate saying that because Kirksey actually seems like a really good dude, but I don't have a podcast anymore if I just sit here and say, oh, I love everybody. I love everybody. Right, that the, the only people that really liked the Devin Funches move are the overly positive and unbelievably obnoxious Packer fans who hate any critical thinking whatsoever. I mean, I, I, I love those guys because they're just good people at heart, and they just want to cheer and be excited and believe that everything the Packers do are going to be amazing. And they just lose it when they try to be excited and everybody's just upset. And rather than just saying, huh, maybe there's something to this and he's not that good of a football player, they lash out and say, how dare you? You haven't even seen him play. Let him take the field. <laughs> he has taken the field. He's taken the field a lot. And you're allowed to, to voice things. Nobody is saying definitively, well, some people probably are. Nobody's saying definitively that it's impossible for him to have a good year. But I don't think it should be necessarily a bad thing to analyze how a player has played that the Packers picked up. I, I just I don't see that as a bad thing and being honest about it. But there are those people. There'll always be those people. I, I, I love those people to a, to a degree, but I, I think we're going to have to just learn to stay away from each other in these times. I didn't personally get outright attacked, but several people did. And, and these oh-so-loving and caring people can be the most vicious people in the world. When you say anything bad about any Green Bay Packer ever. But again, this is a podcast. And I have probably talked several times on this podcast over the years about my dislike of Devin Funches. Because he's one of those guys that I just have never liked. I, when I heard that Devin Funches was going to be a tight end, and then he was being converted to a wide receiver, instantly didn't like him. I was like, no, nope, this doesn't work. This just isn't a thing that works. And guess what? It didn't, didn't really work. I've talked several times about how the Panthers' wide receivers have nothing. I I've prob I think I just recently talked about how Cam Newton, you know, to his credit, has never really had any good wide receivers. Kelvin Benjamin was good for a little while. Devin Funches was the 
very distant number two to a lackluster number one. This big, lanky, tight end guy that never quite fully matured into a decent enough wide receiver. Now, I'm just saying words, and some people, oh, you, let's get some facts and information. Okay, let's look at a little bit of facts and information. First of all, let's start with a couple positives here. First, uh, l- let me at least say, compared to Brashad Perriman, I think Devin Funches has a higher floor. Because Brashad has been so bad for so long that he's one of those guys that you just don't even want him on your team. Now, he exploded, but we're talking about a maybe a four or five game stretch on a team that just, I mean, we're talking about Tampa Bay. They just fling that ball around like crazy. So when things are good, they're really good. And then when they're bad, they're really bad. So his ceiling is through the roof. His floor is also really low. Devin Funches has always been at least pretty average. And if we just start with PFF grades, they're not that bad. His worst year ever was 2016. He had a grade of 64. 64, that's his low. Now, as high as a 74, and that was his rookie year, but it, it, he's he's every year he's sitting right at about 70, which is just good. And there's nothing wrong with just having a good receiver. Again, he's not elite if you look at his stats. Eh. 500 yards, 6 touchdowns, 300 yards, 4 touchdowns. His one big year was 2017, 919 yards and 8 touchdowns, which isn't bad, again, when you're the number 2 wide receiver. I don't know if Kelvin was hurt that year or gone that year. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Don't care enough to look it up. But then 500 yards, 4 touchdowns, and then this past year with Indy, he was hurt, so whatever. So that's not terrible. Again, especially when we're talking about a number 2, just to have a reliable guy, I, I would pretty much put him in the Alan Lazard category. For all the hype about Alan Lazard, he ended the season at a 69.6. That's exactly, that is, that is exactly Devin Funches. And the biggest difference, really, if you look at Alan Lazard compared to Devin Funches, Devin Funches is basically average every single week. So he's, he's 60s almost every week. He's got a handful of games below, a handful of games above, but he has just given you an average performance every single week. Most of Alan Lazard's games were 50s and low 60s. In fact, he had three games where he was graded above a 60. I mean, you know, in the 60s. Only three. And I know some of you hate PFF grades or whatever, but there's at least some accuracy to it. I think the biggest reason we hype Alan Lazard is, number one, we had nobody else. Number two, he's a, a free agent that stepped up. And then on top of all that, we're just excited about having a quote-unquote number two. But, I mean, just let's run through it. 39, which is his real low game against Seattle. Of course, that was in the playoffs when everybody was just falling apart. Then from there, his grades were 53, 54, 55, 58, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62, 63, 63, 65, 66. Then he had three games, 74, 87, 91, which brought his average up to basically seven. But point is, most of his games were pretty low average, low average to below average. Devin Funches is just, I mean, his, his average is about 68. Most of the games he's giving you about a 68. He's, he's the most steady, boring receiver ever. Now, from play to play, if you actually look at what he, what he is, he's much more volatile. By the end of the game, he ends up being pretty average. But the reason I say he's pretty volatile play to play is because he's one minute a spectacular receiver with a high catch radius, making spectacular, acrobatic, great catches. And the next minute, he couldn't catch... Well, <laughs> oh, I could go there. I could. Am I crossing the line if I if I take it there? Let's try it. He couldn't catch coronavirus if Sean Payton sneezed in his face. I said it, all right? I said it. Deal with it. But 
All right, let's let's stick with the positives here. So he's steady. He's never really just awful. I'm, I'm going all the way back to 2016. He has had three games below a 50. Four games total. I went back to his rookie year. That's that's pretty good. Again, just totally steady, boring, average guy. Sort of the opposite of Brashad Perriman, but that's just who he is. And in a way, it, it's not that bad of a thing to have. So first of all, could he be a little bit better than what we've seen with Carolina? Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's presumably a better environment, better quarterback, a better number one. Not that that super matters. You're going to line up against, you know, number twos anyways. But maybe if there's extra attention over there where you didn't have that with Kelvin Benjamin or whoever they've had the last couple of years, I don't know. But this, this makes a lot of sense for several reasons. Number one, it fits exactly what the Packers have done this year. And, and the fact that I'm still looking at last year's formula and guessing Brashad Perriman when there's clearly a new formula this year, is it, that's just a my bad. The Packers' formula this year has been, let's get cheap guys. And, uh, you know, some people are pointing to the fact that this, these are three guys that were all injured last year. I don't think they're deliberately looking for injured guys, but they're looking for cheap guys that they believe can be starter, starting caliber players, which how do you find starting caliber players that are cheap? Well, you can't unless they were injured last year or just very old. In the case of Wagner, it's both. Not very, but he's old enough. And we still don't know what Funchess is going to cost, so I can't say that specifically. And the fact that he got $10 million last year is making me a little bit nervous. But the, the bigger point here is when we go into the draft, we don't have to panic. We did it with linebacker, we did it with tackle, we did it with wide receiver. Now the point is, if we don't address these and hit on these, we're going to struggle in these positions. We don't have a great right tackle. If we can replace him, we will, and that'll be great. If not, then we just roll with Wagner. Linebacker, if we get a great linebacker, awesome. Let's replace him. Kirksey can be the number two who comes in occasionally. Rotational guy, but we got someone better. If not, not to say we're not going to draft somebody, we will, but the question is, is he going to be any good? And as we've talked about several thousand times, pretty low chance that we're going to draft a linebacker that's going to be good. Whether it's first round, second round, third round, whatever, you're looking at less than a 50% chance. So if not, we at least have Kirksey. We're not happy about it, but we'll we'll deal with it. It's not like we haven't had positions that have struggled in the past and just muddled through it. It happens. Blake Martinez was not good last year. You know, Billy Turner wasn't very good last year. We got through it. We, we've seen terrible players in years when the Packers have been very good. We're going to try to upgrade it, but if we can't, we've got somebody. Same with Devin Funches. Nobody's going to be happy if we don't get a big star receiver. But you know what? We've got Devontae, we've got Lazard, we've got Funches. And calling Funches a legit number two isn't that unfair. I think for most of us, we want a number one to be our number two. So that we basically just have two number ones. We want to be the Minnesota Vikings. And so when we look at Devin Funches as a number two, it's like, no, he's a number three. Eh, maybe. It's not like there's a defined line. But if you're looking at a number two that's consistently just good, or maybe high average, I'll have to go back and look at it and see how he compares to other number twos. I would bet he, he ranks fairly well. Again, the best wide receiver on our team graded out about as well as Devin Funches every year. In fact, two of his four years in which he actually played, he graded out higher. One year was almost the exact same, and then 2016 was the only year that was lower, and it was barely lower. We're talking 64.4. The other bonus... He's 25 years old, well, going on, coming up on 26, but he's young. And so if this does pan out, similar to the other guys that we've got, if it pans out, we've, we've got options. We can keep him for a while. Wagner, maybe not quite as long, but why not? And that's all this is. This is just, we've got guys so that we don't have to panic in the draft. 
if we're forced to go into it, and we, and we know we're not going to. We know we're going to draft guys, and we, we feel confident that some of these guys will be able to perform at a high enough level that we don't have to just rely on Kirksey, Wagner, and Funches. These three are not going to be the top of their position. I mean, they might be, but that the, the goal is that won't be the situation. But we'll see what happens. We don't have to panic and trade up. We can just take what comes to us. I mean, if you know, again, you never know. What's, you don't make a plan about what you're going to do prior to going in. There's a lot of people that still think that's a thing. Well, we have to take a wide receiver in the first round. We have to trade up. We have to trade back. Nobody makes a plan like that. You never know what's going to happen. You might plan on or hope to stay where you're at because you make a plan initially that we need to keep as many picks as possible. But then you've got, for example, I did a... And I don't like using these simulators because they're so terrible, but I had Andrew Thomas fall all the way to the Patriots. I tried to trade. I, my, my whole goal was to trade back in this mock draft, which, by the way, Pro Football Network now has a simulator, and you can actually do trades. It's completely free, which is awesome. Patriots wouldn't take my trade and actually drafted Andrew Thomas. But the point is, you get a legit top 10 tackle that falls into the early 20s, you start to rethink your strategy a little bit. So you might have a preliminary strategy or a, a, a general idea of what it is you're trying to do, but that can change, right? What, who was it just recently? I think it might have been Pro Football Network. I don't know, but somebody was just ranking wide receivers, or maybe it was The Athletic. I think it was. I think it was McGinn. McGinn was going through and looking at, and now we're seeping into the draft, but let's just, just let me go. And he was talking to scouts and getting their preliminary ideas of where people fall. Jerry Judy was like the sixth or seventh wide receiver on that list. So it's not impossible that guy falls, all I'm saying. He probably won't because, again, it just takes one team to really love a guy for him to go early. But um, I don't know. It's weird to see that. Um, Negatives about Devin Funches, aside from the injury, Um, aside from the fact that he's not an elite wide receiver. Again, I'm not super worried about it. You know, we're not getting a number one as a number two. I don't expect him to be. I'm, I'm completely over the whole... Well, you, you got to add a bonus for Aaron Rodgers. I just, I'm so tired of saying that because it's, sh- let it happen one time. If it happens one time, then I'll believe it. Everything I've seen, guys come here and they get worse. And I don't think it has anything to do with Aaron Rodgers being a bad quarterback. I just think we need to stop doing that. Do Jimmy Graham with Aaron Rodgers, but with Aaron Rodgers is going to be so good. No, they're not good. They're going to be terrible. I'm not speaking about Funches. I'm just, I'm not giving a multiplier to receivers anymore because they're in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. They are what they are. If they happen to get better because of LeFleur's scheme, because of Aaron Rodgers, and they just build this relationship, which I kind of don't even care about that anymore because I'm tired of hearing about that. It seems like recently guys Aaron Rodgers likes are the worst performing players on the team. He really likes Billy Turner. He really liked Jimmy Graham. He really liked Mercedes Lewis. The production from those three people was just non-existent. But again, the, 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 one of the biggest issues with Funchess, oh, there is one more positive, we'll come back to it, is his uh, drop rate. The guy drops passes like crazy. Uh, his reception percentage, which isn't the greatest metric in the world, because Cam Newton is, is um, prone to overthrows, but he does have an issue with drops, catching 53.9% of the, uh, the passes that go to him. The highest reception percentage, not including 2019, because I don't want to include that is 57.3. In 2017, when he had his best year, you know, 919 yards, he was targeted 117 times. He only had three drops. That was a solid year. Outside of that, 2015, he caught 36 balls. He dropped eight. We're talking dropping one in four, one in five of the balls that get thrown to you. That's not great. 
2016, he caught 23 balls. He dropped six. Again, for every four that you catch, you're dropping one. And then you've got 2018, in which he caught 44 passes and dropped six. If we look specifically at drop rate starting in 2018, Devin Funches was the fourth, 14th worst ranked wide receiver in terms of drop rate. 12% of the passes he dropped. In 2016, we'll skip 2017 because, again, that was a great year for him. He was the fourth worst. He dropped 20%, a little over 20% of the balls thrown to him. 20%, one in five he dropped. Not compared to his receptions, just times it was thrown to him. Fourth worst. And then in 2015, again, he was the fourth worst at 20%. So two years in a row, he's the fourth worst receiver as far as his hands, dropping one-fifth of the balls thrown to him. So that's a big problem. It's also a big problem with Aaron Rodgers, who likes to throw to guys that he can trust. And if Funchess is dropping balls that are going to him, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, the, the final thing I wanted to bring up about Funchess is the idea that he's really slow. And I actually saw this exchange between one of my listeners and one of the Blue Checkmark crew. Essentially, the comment was made that he's really slow and he runs a 4-7. The retort was that actually he doesn't. He ran a 4-4-7 at his pro day. And then the blue checkmark retort was, yeah, well, the film says he runs a 4-7. That's really not how that works. Essentially, you have to throw out the 4-7. He is a receiver that runs a 4-4-7. If you want to say that he doesn't, you know, you don't see 4-4-7 speed on tape, that's fine. But you can't say he runs a 4-7. The 4-7 was due to whatever weird circumstances happened in that moment. He has 4-4-7 speed. And again, doesn't show up on tape, fine. But, but you can't say he runs a 4.7. That's silly. He does not run a 4.7. He does not look like he runs a 4.7 on tape. He maybe looks slow, but again, throw out the 4.7. He's a 4.47 guy that looks even slower than that. Maybe he looks 4.55, 4.6, I don't know. But don't, don't say he runs a 4.7 because he does not. He's not fast, but he's not 4.7 slow. So again, the, the big news is going to be what his contract is. It'll be interesting to see. I'm assuming it's going to follow everything else where it's just going to be relatively cheap, relatively short term, whether it's one year, two year, whatever. And it's just going to follow the mold of all the rest. He's a guy that fills a need on a team that at least needs a guy to fill that need. And if we end up going in with Devontae and Funches as our top two, then that's just what it is. And there's going to be teams that have worse wide receiver groups than that. Again, I'm not implying that they're not going to draft a wide receiver because they will. But that doesn't mean they're going to be good. And you might have Adams, Funches, and Lazard as your best three receivers, depending on who they draft. And the Packers want to just at least get themselves in a position where if that's what it is, not super thrilled, but it is what it is. There are worse situations out there. There are worse teams that are worse off than having Christian Kirksey at linebacker. There are teams that are a lot worse off than having Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and Corey Lindsley and Billy Turner and, and Rick Wagner. Are we worse off than last year? Yeah. We did get better at wide receiver, though. That's another thing to point out. The only position we've actually improved at is wide receiver. Devin Funches is an improvement to our wide receiving group. Not super thrilled, doesn't have a high ceiling, but it is the only area in which the Packers have improved. So that's something to be excited about. How about that? We'll end on that note. Anyways, let's take a break, and I want to run through at least the top 32, kind of talk about who's moving up and who's moving down and all that goodness. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so for the, for the most part, the top is unchanged. You got Chase Young, Joe Burrow, Jeff Okuda, Isaiah Simmons, Tua Tungavailoa, Derek Brown as your top six. Then, strangely, and I added a bunch of, of boards that have been out for a little while. A lot of those are getting caught up, so maybe that has something to do with it. What you saw on the last update was that C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy flipped. C.D. Lamb moved to the number. My numbers are all messed up here, and I can't fix it because my Excel is not working. But Jerry Judy went from 7 to 9. C.D. went from 9 to 7. They flipped back. So you got Derek Brown, Jerry Judy, then Jedrick Wills, who stays at number eight, and then CeeDee Lamb falls back to nine, which is weird because it, it definitely seems like in everywhere I'm seeing Jerry Judy is falling, but I guess enough people have that much faith in him. Then again, staying the same, Tristan Wirfs at 10, then Javon Kinlaw staying at 11, and then swapping spots, you got Andrew Thomas and Henry Ruggs. Andrew Thomas went above Henry Ruggs, moving back up, which is good to see. Andrew Thomas is a good tackle. He's been falling, but he's kind of hovering in that 12-ish range. This is the guy, by the way, I mentioned fell to me at 22 and I was willing to trade up. Henry Ruggs has kind of solidified himself in this same kind of range. He could go earlier if a team wants to go nuts. I don't think that's going to happen. Bigger question is, is he going to go ahead of Jerry Judy? I think if I had to guess, most people would say that he is. But again, who knows? It, it all just depends what teams like what players and who's drafting when. There could be a team that likes Jerry Judy that is, you know, drafted in the top 10 that just says, I'm taking Judy. That's their guy. And he ends up going number one. Never really know. Then Mackie Becton stays at 14. Xavier McKinney stays at 15. And then uh, Kalevon Chason moved up one spot above Justin Herbert, who falls to number 17. C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida, stays at uh, 18. And then the biggest jump so far, Kenneth Murray jumped up four spots from 23 up to 19. And as a result, you saw Grant Delpit and A.J. Epinesa, the next two, slide down. They go from 19 and 20 to 20 and 21. Another big jump is DeAndre Swift, which is interesting because the running backs are not falling. We're not talking about them anymore, but they are certainly not falling. And so it will be interesting to see if any of these teams, whether it's the Dolphins or whoever, decide to take a running back late in the first round. Do I think it's the Packers? No, I don't think it's the Packers. I, I fully understand that the Packers may be looking for a replacement for Aaron Jones. I just don't see, considering the success they've had with mid to late round running backs and the needs elsewhere, the f- them taking a running back early. First two rounds. I just don't see It's not impossible. I would just be very, very stunned. It seems like a very non-Packers thing to do. Then you've got Patrick Queen, who continues his ascent up the board. Uh, last time we did an update, he just jumped into the first round. Now he's climbing. He's not climbing as fast as Kenneth Murray, which is, su- again, surprising. I mentioned this last time. Most people seem to think Patrick Queen is the better linebacker, but whenever I do these boards, Kenneth Murray has always been the better of the two linebackers in terms of where people rank him. It'd be interesting to look at the boards and see who actually has uh, Queen ahead of 
Murray. Then at 24, we still have Justin Herbert. He had a great uh, workout at the Combine, which has solidified him as a presumably a first-round draft pick. We'll see. That could be an option for the Packers if he makes it that far. According to this board, he won't. Then one of the big two two really big fallers, which I'm not worried about one of them. Uh, one is Christian Fulton, who is now sitting at 25, cornerback out of LSU. He was the consensus number one for a while and has continued to fall. If he ends up making it out of the first round, I'm not going to be super surprised. And then Mr. LaVisca Chenault. Uh, he had a terrible combine, so a lot of people are dropping him. And without the ability to do a pro day, and I don't think he is. I don't think it really anybody was doing one. I don't know if they're doing like separate workouts where they're videotaping it and sending it to people. I don't know. Point is, though, my assumption is LaVisca Chenault is just going to have to live with what he did at his at his combine workout, which wasn't great. And again, I was curious for my own sake, wondering if he was going to I'm assuming he's a lot faster than what his 40 time was because he looked fairly fast on tape. That's part of the reason I like, but at the very least, there's a good chance he makes it to 30 now. We'll we'll have to see, but there's at least enough question marks and concerns over him with the amount of of wide receiver talent where you might just say, "Eh, let's let's take something I feel a little bit more confident in or, you know, less worried about than Chenault. And I wouldn't be upset at all. I like Chenault. Uh, Jonathan Taylor stays at pick 27, or not pick, at... uh, at number 27 overall, again, not falling. They're they're holding strong. Most people believe he is a top 32 talent in this draft class. I don't think most people think that there are going to be a lot of running backs, if any, taken in the first round, but that's a separate issue. The point is, there is a consensus that there are first-round talents available. There, there are guys that are first-round talent. Will they go in the first round is the question. Um, another big jump up, which is kind of surprising because he's been falling a lot. It must be a board that got added. Uh, Mr. Yutur Grossmatos. Jumped up four spots. He is back in the top 32. He was actually, he was right at 32. He jumps up to 28. Then you have quarterback Jordan Love staying at 29. And running back J.K. Dobbins, again, a third running back at uh, 30. He was there last week. Somebody who fell a little bit, which is surprising because he just keeps falling or climbing, is Zach Baum. Fell three spots from 28 to 31. T. Higgins falls from 31 to 32. And that rounds out our top 32. Just to give you the next couple, just because, you know, just curious where people fall. After that, you have uh, Jeff Gladney, cornerback out of T- three TCU guys in a row, which is interesting. Jeff Gladney, Jalen Rager, and Ross Blacklock all in a row at uh, 33, 34, and 35. After that, you got Cesar Ruiz, who is becoming the... A lot of people really, really like the guy as an interior offensive lineman. He's sort of the... If you need one, he, he might be a first-round pick just because if you need one and you're late first you're probably just going to take him because it's him and then kind of nobody else is seemingly what people are thinking. And you got Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama, Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma, Josh Jones, tackle out of Houston, A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of uh, Clemson, and Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. The big jumper here was Josh Jones, tackle out of Houston. He jumped up five spots. A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson, dropped four. Other relatively big jumps and falls. Cole Komet jumped up five spots. Bradley Anai, edge rusher out of Utah, jumped up five. Jonah Jackson, interior offensive lineman out of Ohio State, dropped seven. Solomon Kinley, guard out of Georgia, jumped up 12 spots. Uh, John Simpson, offensive guard out of Clemson, jumped up 13 spots. So, again, not super in-depth or my thoughts on these guys necessarily. I still haven't even looked at most of these positions. I'm, I started looking at a few more offensive tackles. That's where I left off, and I just kind of stopped because I think what I'm going to do is not do a top 10 and look at maybe just the top. What do we What do we got here? How many of these guys are potential first rounds? There's probably almost 10. Wills, Wirfs, Thomas, Becton, Josh Jones, 
Austin Jackson, Prince Tega Wanogo, Lucas Niang, Isaiah Wilson. That'll probably be good enough. Something like that. But I need to get that going again because maybe there's going to be a draft. I have no idea what's going on with the draft. Apparently now people want it pushed back. I, I don't know. Point is, we're just going to pretend everything's normal. Not even going to really discuss the possibility that not only is there not draft, there might not be a football season this coming year. Not going to discuss it because that's just, that's going to ruin a l- <laughs> that's everything. But anyways, we're going to cut it there. One thing I am curious about uh, as I am going to start looking at tackles, well, I started yesterday. Drop me a list of, of likes and dislikes. Can't promise I'm going to get to all of them because, again, I want to shorten this list. I started with a top 10, and the guys at the bottom that I started watching was like, I just I don't want to watch these guys. They're just not good. So my bottom-up strategy didn't work for tackles. But let me know. Drop it in the Facebook group. Otherwise, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday, I think. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.